Our scripture reading this morning is once again from Psalm 98. We're con um, uh, concluding our uh, Together for Joy series. Uh, it's been our, our stewardship series for this year, and um, we've been journeying through Psalm 98. Today is Commitment Sunday when we will uh, consider our commitments uh, to the church's ministry for the coming year. And so I would invite you to hear the closing verses of Psalm 98, verses 7 to 9. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills sing together for joy at the presence of the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. Here is the reading from God's holy word. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, we pray for the gift of your spirit, that it would surround us in our separate places, that it would open our hearts and our minds to hear a word from you today, that that word would shape us and form us, that it would open our hands and open our hearts, that it would help us to see where you are calling us to go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We have uh, an image of God's judgment, I think, that is a lot like the customs line in an airport. We, you know, when you've, if you've ever traveled outside the country, they give you that little form on the airplane to fill in, and then you get out of line, uh, get in line when you get off the airplane, and you have to go through uh, this line, and there are people behind booths. And we think that that's how God's judgment is. Someday when we die, we'll stand in a line with lots of other folks, approaching a window where some agent of God's judgment will decide our fate. We'll approach the window and we'll be asked questions. What, what is your business here? And then our lives will be examined carefully like your passport. You know how they look at you and then they look down and they look at you and they look down again. And even though you know you are you, you're standing there holding your breath, still wondering if you will be labeled an imposter. You will need, we think that we'll need on that day to have declared Jesus as our Lord and Savior in order for us to be stamped and admitted. Once when we were in Europe, uh, there was this was before the European Union, uh, we were on a bus traveling from the Netherlands to Germany, and at the border, a bunch of armed guards got on the bus and asked everyone for their passports, and then a few were taken off the bus and escorted away to who knows where. We don't want to be caught uh, at, on God's, at God's judgment uh, when it comes to God's judgment without the proper documentation. But most often in scripture, God's judgment is referred to as a contemporaneous thing, something that is happening even now, not just someday. A Psalm 98 begins with God's judgment, not in a someday that's yet to come, but in the here and now. Two weeks ago, we read, sing to the Lord a new song because he has done wonderful things. His own strong hand and his own holy arm have won the victory. The Lord has made his salvation widely known. He has revealed his righteousness in the eyes of all nations. God has remembered his loyal love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. Every corner of the earth has seen our God's salvation. 
And maybe if you are, if you know your Bible and you were listening keenly, there are some echoes here of the song that Mary sings while she is pregnant with Jesus. And she also begins her song with praise. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my, my salvation. And then she sings, the Holy One has done great things and he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. Both Psalm 98 and Mary's song are in the past tense. What has already happened, God has revealed God's self in the earth, has demonstrated what God is about. And Mary's song ends with God's desire for justice. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. And here at the end of Psalm 98, the psalmist says, <clears throat> Let the mountains rejoice out loud together before the Lord, because he is coming to establish justice on the earth. He will establish justice in the world rightly. He will establish justice among all people fairly. And so there is a connection in the psalm and generally between God's judgment and God's justice. In fact, we could say that God's justice is God's judgment on the earth. Rather than stamping approval or disapproval on lives that have already been lived, God is moving in the earth here and now more like an artist than a customs officer behind a glass booth. God is bringing new realities to life. God is bringing new things to life where the brokenness of the world has claimed the hope and the joy of God's people. Uh, I've shared before that one of the wisest things that I've ever heard another pastor uh, share is that we critique by creating. That is, when we see wrong, when we see problems in the world, where, where we see voids in the world, um, we can critique those things with our words. We can point them out that they are wrong, but our strongest critique of what is wrong is what we create to mend it. This is how God's judgment comes in the justice that God brings to the earth. God critiques, God judges what has happened on the earth by bringing God's justice to it. Now, in some Christian circles, because of that image that I began with of, of approaching a, of a place where you might be accepted or rejected, God's judgment is an image that is filled with fear and coercion for us. Judgment is some coming day when God will decide whether or not you are worthy of acceptance in God's sight. And that is often accompanied by a particular set of moral demands. If you do this, 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 and this, you will be counted worthy. And this is actually really a means of controlling people. And if you were raised in the South, especially, I would be surprised if you haven't been in a gathering of, of, of other Christians and heard someone say, if you died tonight, do you know where you would go? Maybe you even heard it at a funeral. And for you, that couldn't be reconciled with the God you thought you knew, God's judgment uh, being uh, something that is, that is harsh and, and unloving. And so God's judgment becomes the topic that we avoid. But in other Christian circles, uh, justice is the topic that is avoided. 
It has the same effect. It, fear, it feels fearful. It feels threatening. It suggests the upheaval of the world that we know, uh, especially if the world that I know is one that benefits me pretty much. And so justice suggests the loss of privilege and the loss of power for some who would rather not let go of those things. But I want to suggest that both God's justice and God's judgment are good things. Professor Ismael Garcia writes that God's justice is neither merely vindictive nor merely punitive. God's judgment is essentially righteous. It consists, he says, and I quote, of a new world order that represents a radical departure from the present orders which demand human sacrifice and are sustained by structures of domination and oppression. That is good news. For us to be freed from systems of domination and oppression, for us to be freed from systems that demand human sacrifice, even though we benefit from those systems materially, it is to our spiritual uh, renewal that justice comes, that God's judgment come on these systems that are keeping us from living into the kind of world that God has created for us. It's good news even for those of us who might lose materially because of it, because it allows for us to have right and loving relationships with God and with our neighbors. Uh, Dr. Cornell West says that justice is what love looks like in public. And love ultimately is how God saves us. And we believe that we have fully known that love in, in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is God's judgment and is God's justice brought to the earth. Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection are, a, are themselves a critique of the present orders that demand human sacrifice and are sustained by structures of domination and oppression. If that were ever embodied, it, were in, it would be embodied in Jesus. And when we saw Jesus upon that cross, God's judgment was upon the earth. We saw what justice uh, how justice had been perverted, and we saw the embodiment of what justice looks like. And so when we come together to, praying, to bring our praises to God, I talked last week about how we need to be specific in our praise. When we bring our praises to God to give thanks for what God has done, this is what we are giving God thanks for. That God loves us enough to intervene and to be active in a world that is too often filled with hate and violence and distrust and injustice. So what does it mean, as our series title suggests, for us to come together for joy? To offer God praise. What does it mean to praise the God who judges with justice? I've thought this week of the words that the Lord spoke through the prophet Amos. And it was judgment on the praises of the people. Through Amos, God talks about what the praises of the people sound like when there is no work for justice. God says, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps. 
But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never failing stream. And what God is saying is that praise is empty without acts of justice. To praise God is to join uh, with all of creation in proclaiming the judgment of God. That is what the psalmist says in these closing verses. The floods and the oceans and the mountains are are joining together to praise God. To proclaim the judgment of God, which is the justice of God turned loose in the world. Creation rejoices in a world where the good news of God is coming to fruition. It's unfolding all the time. And so this is an invitation to be joined together with all of God's creation, to proclaim the good news of God's love and justice, to be partners with God and bringing those things to life. In the the coming weeks, your church leadership is going to gather together and we're going to try to formulate a budget for 2021. And we traditionally look at past budgets and we look at past spending patterns and we look at things that we've done in the past to gauge what we might do in the future. But none of that is going to be useful in 2021, is it? We do not know what the year that is coming will hold. We don't even know what the next few months will hold in our country. But one thing we do know is that God's people will be called to be about the work of justice, to be working with God, to be partners with God in the new world that God is making, to critique, to judge the places around us where we see brokenness by creating uh, the life that we wish for the world to have. And so whatever work we do, Whatever things we do, whoever the president is, whatever 2021 brings, whatever happens with COVID-19, God's people will still be called to be about the work of justice. Because this is the work that God has begun in the earth. And this is the work to which God has called us, invited us to be partners with God and with all of creation and bringing this new world to its fullness. So you are invited, we are invited to consider how we will offer praise to God in the ways that we live and move and have our being in the remaking of this world. Amen.